All right, well, I'm going to continue today um, in the spirit of holiness and what I call today true conviction. Um, I've been doing this for, I don't know, maybe four Sundays, um, but the Holy Spirit is truly speaking on the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness is in our midst, and a Holy Spirit is who he is. He is God, and he is the spirit of holiness. And Holy Spirit's job is to transform the saints. His job is to transform us into the image and likeness of Christ. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sin. He paid the price in full because there was none righteous, not even one. And he knew that we were far and separated from him. And the Father chose to send Jesus to bear our sins, to take our sin upon himself, that he himself became sin. The wages of sin is death, that's it. And he knew that he wanted us to be with him forever. And so the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is that God did love the world so much that he did give Jesus, his only begotten son, to die for us, to save us, to redeem us, to forgive our sins as far as the east is from the west. Scripture says he knows and remembers them no more. We are literally being restored to the Father of glory. And this great gospel has power and anointing to transfer us out of darkness and into light. To come out of eternal damnation into eternal life. And the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. And Jesus said, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so we've stepped into that life by the grace of God. And he granted us repentance. And that's how we're saved. And that's how we believe. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so be saved from this perverse generation, Jesus said. And there's nothing new under the sun. And so every day is a new day. And the glory about salvation is that he's working out his great salvation in us. And it continues once we've been saved. He continues on from that moment forward to deliver us, to heal us to the uttermost, to heal our soul. He heals our bodies. He heals today. Jesus is king. And by his stripes, we are healed. He perfects what concerns us. He renews our mind and our thoughts. He's changing the way we think. He's lining us up with the kingdom of heaven. And so we need the fullness of what we call salvation in Christ to perfect what concerns us. He will finish it. Scripture says that if he began a good work in you, he's going to finish it to the end. And you're not here by accident. Hallelujah. <laughs> and there is divine purpose for all of us. And together as the body of Christ, we are called to fulfill the Lord's purpose on earth. And that, that's big. All across this globe, 24-7, there are men and women of God from the eldest to the youngest. Those who are in the womb and those who have yet to be conceived who are going to carry this mantle to see folks come into that kingdom. We've talked bef about before where the kingdom of heaven suffers violent. The violent take it by force. It is a violent act. It's literally destroying the works of the devil uh, so that people can live. Amen? And so we thank God that we've stepped into this gospel. And so I bring the gospel of the kingdom continually because we need to know that, be aware of that, and we need empowered to be able to give that to others. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we encourage you, don't leave until you have made that decision. We'll pray with you, do whatever we need to do for you. And so I'm going to continue in the spirit of holiness and true conviction. 
Um, Psalm 99.9, y'all can just listen to this. It's a very simple phrase. He said, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. And so right now you hear that in, in worship this morning, every time you come before God, whether you're here or by yourself, in your quiet place, in your secret place, that's the position we take. He is our father, but the Lord says, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill, in his holy presence, for their Lord our God is holy. And we must never forget that. He's our father, Jesus said, but he is holy. And he said, be holy as I am holy, right? And it's the spirit of holiness that started working on us <laughs> as soon as we were conceived in the womb to get us to holiness, to get us to the Father. And you may not know the whole journey of love, but he's been working on you since you were conceived in your mother's womb to get you back from the devil and get you planted in the heart of the Father. That's it. That's the end result. What is this life if we don't have eternal life in him? We've got a short stay on this earth. And the whole stay is to do one thing, to glorify his name, to be saved, and to finish and complete the, the will and the purpose he has for you. To raise up holy ones, godly ones, godly offspring for his name's sake and for his glory. Families devoted to Christ. Exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Now you can go over Psalm 105, verse 1 through 4. He says, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice who seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face forevermore. You know, the psalms are full of uh, words like this. They're called psalms for a reason. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, praise, affirmation, words exalting God and who he is. And this is our lifestyle, not just at church on Sundays. <laughs> I'm gonna, come on, I used to rock down to Alabama my whole life. For those who don't know, that's a country western band that's kind of older now probably. But something shifted in me and then all of a sudden I am called before the throne of grace to give God all the glory and worship him and praise his name. There's a difference. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Hear this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. This is worship. So we always encourage to come before his presence with thanksgiving. We did that today. Amen. And then he said, call upon his name. And we do that whenever we want to be saved. Call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. Yes. But we call upon his name. His name is holy every day of our lives. Make known his deeds among the peoples. That means you're sharing and testifying with others by your lifestyle and your witness who God is and what he's done for you, who he is, teaching others who God is, who Jesus is, who Holy Ghost is. We're always teaching and we're called to raise up our families and our children and our children's children in the word of God and in his family, amen? So sing to him. You're like, well, I don't sing. Well, start singing. God loves your voice. Um, sing to him. And he says, sing psalms to him. Sing the scripture to him. Sing the Psalms to him. Sing your own heart to him. Sing what's in your heart. Make melody in your heart to him. Give him glory. Let it come out of your belly. Amen. 
I mean, there's a lot of songwriters out there and they've been inspired by the Holy Ghost, but you got the same Holy Ghost in you. So sing the songs God has put in your belly, right? You know, talk of all his wondrous works. That means we're supposed to talk about him, right? Share the life, share the healing, share the miracle. Once I was blind, but now I see. Share with others, give wisdom, give instruction, give knowledge to peoples in your midst. Be a light in your office, right? And when they're in despair, and it's in drought, tell them it's gonna rain, right? You're always sharing the goodness of God. Glory in his holy name, glory in his holy name. He is holy, glory in his holy name. We believe in seeing the glory of God every single day. He said, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So our hearts are rejoicing in God. If it's just on Sunday morning, we miss it. It's a lifestyle, right? Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the afternoon. Praise him as you go along the way, right? Praise him at the office. As you drive down the street, when you're going for a walk, thank him for the creation. Praise him, right? And you don't really realize how often we do that. You do it a lot more than you think. And it's out of your heart. The abundance of the heart speaks. Praise to God. Seek the Lord and his strength. We all need his strength, don't we? So you have to seek the Lord. That's intentional, going after his heart, going after his word, meditate, abiding in him and in his word. And then he said, seek his face forevermore. So I don't think there's any end to this. Hallelujah. So I I start in the spirit of holiness that we are called to worship at his holy hill. He is holy. And just four verses show you how to worship God and it be a lifestyle. Look for that in the word and do it. No matter what's in your path, no matter where you've been, that's the act of faith to give God glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So now let's go to John chapter 16. He's so good and he is faithful. John 16, and we're going to start on verse 5. This is before Jesus goes to the cross and he's encouraging and pouring out his heart to his disciples preparing them. Most of John 14, 15, 16, and 17 are all in red. That means those are the words of Jesus directly spoken to his disciples. Very powerful passages. So in verse 5, Jesus tells them, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This helper is Holy Spirit. Verse 8, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world, which is the devil, has been judged. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, 
He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So Jesus is preparing them that he has taught them. He's given them everything that they needed to know up to this point. Then he announces that he's going to be leaving. They have no clue what that means. Yes? But he encourages them already that the Holy Spirit, the helper, will come. He goes, it's actually, it's very important that I go so he can come. The spirit of holiness has to come. The spirit of holiness has to come. And oh, the work that he is going to do in the family of God, right? And what an encouragement. When he comes, he will convict the world. He will convict the world. Listen to this out of the New Living in verse 8 through 11. When he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Now, there's power in these words. Conviction. We have all felt conviction at least once in our life, even starting as a little one. When you know you did something wrong, right? If you're alive and breathing, we have all felt conviction. Because the Spirit of God bears witness when something's right and when something's wrong. Whether you're born again or not, we've all felt that conviction. And so with that conviction, you've got two options. Turn and do good, right? Or stay hard in sin. You can listen to it and receive it or ignore it and continue on in whatever God is convicting you of. Yes, that's the way it works. You're about to haul off and hit your brother, and you can feel that conviction. Dad's going to spank you if you hit him right now. You know that. You know what's out there. Yes, we understand this. And did you know how much grace is in this that we could feel right from wrong when we were all born and conceived in sin? Do you know what grace is on the planet that being born in sin, blinded, deaf, do not know God, separated from God, of our father, the devil, and yet we can feel conviction before we're even saved? That's the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit was moving over the waters, yes? And the Spirit said, let there be light. And light came, and here it comes. It's always working against the darkness. The Holy Ghost, when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin. We were once of the world, but now we've been transported and translated out of the world of darkness and sin, right, into the life of God, into the family of God, into the light of his kingdom, literally transported out into light. But yet we still feel conviction when we do right and when we do wrong. 
He will convict the world of its sin. It says the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. That's the world's sin. That's how the world, those who are lost, who have not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, right? Who do not believe in him, right? That is the conviction. That's the world's sin, that they refuse to believe in me because Jesus has done everything he can. It's already finished, he said, right? That's why as a church, we tell others the good news, the gospel. We raise our kids up in this, correct? He will convict the world of its sin. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. You know, there are many who refuse to believe God. And still as Christians, how many refuse to believe his word? Well, maybe for them, but not for me. We can still grieve Holy Ghost because we don't believe what God says now. Right? But this is concerning sin. He will convict the world. We need conviction. I pray every week for him to release conviction. There have been great movements in our past where the glory of God was so manifested that wherever uh, men and women of God went, the conviction of God was there and multitudes fell under God's power, repenting of their sin. Not just asking for a miracle to heal their body, but they fell to the ground as Saul did in the book of Acts when Jesus Christ, the Holy One, manifested to him as he was persecuting the church of God, right? And he showed up on his path one day and manifested, and that's the conviction I'm talking about, but it was Jesus Christ, anointed in the Holy Ghost and power, that light. It says he was blinded with a light. A light came to Saul. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You hear that? There is conviction there, and we need conviction. And today, people's hearts are hard, but as the churches, we pray for a spirit of conviction and holiness to come, that their hard hearts would soften that their hearts would be open, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would be open, that we'll have a heart that understands the love of God. But you understand what you're battling to get because the scripture says in Corinthians that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that a veil is over so that we do not believe the light or the truth. But it says that the light of Christ in the face of God comes and shines upon them and whoom, the veil is removed. <laughs> yes, that's why we're born again now. The veil was removed. The veil was removed. And every other veil that's over us, that's deceiving us, shall be completely removed in Jesus' name. Now we see dimly, but then face to face. One day, yes? You hear this? The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So as the body of Christ, you may know someone that's not born again yet or saved. Maybe they're wrestling but overall, pray for the lost to be saved. Amen? Pray for true conviction to hit your cities. I'm talking cities. What would happen if the entire city of San Angelo fell under the conviction of the Holy Ghost? You're like, well, ma'am, I don't believe that. Well, here we go. The world's sin is it refuses to believe in me. He can say by many or few. And he's done it before and he can do it again. Do not limit God. He's thinking way bigger than we are, right? 
And the church has this mantle of Jesus on us to preach this gospel and to heal, save, and deliver those who are in bondage. What happened if the spirit of conviction came upon your city, your school, your office, your neighborhood, your house, your children, your family? And all of a sudden, heartbeats started turning back to the Lord. We want that, yes? That's the spirit of holiness. That's the movement we are in, beloved. He went on to say, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. Righteousness is available, he said, because I go to the Father, but you're going to see me no more. So we know that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we give him our robes of sin, he gives us his robes of righteousness. We've been taken out of darkness into light, he makes us right with God. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're as white and clean and pure as Jesus. And that offends your flesh, but it is the word of God. And that's why we labor with the saints to teach the saints who they are in Christ Jesus. And none of us have perfected it yet, but we're on the journey. And Jesus is like, come on, beloved. <laughs> you are clothed in my robes of righteousness. We have whole teachings on righteousness here, yes? He will convict you. He brings a conviction to receive the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? We talked about that early on when I started this talk, out of Romans. He comes, he says, he, when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin, God's righteousness, what he requires. Our best day is going to miss the mark if we're not in God, in Christ. But once you're in God, in Christ, oh, the Holy Ghost is leading you into all truth, all truth, all truth. And he'll show you the way to walk. He'll give you answers in the day-to-day. -day. He'll lead you and guide you. And in that, as you worship at his holy hill, he's gonna use you to bring others into this, correct? Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is a coming judgment to those who are not in Christ Jesus. It's real, it's biblical, it's in the Bible, and it's going to happen. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Praise him every day. He has saved our soul from eternal damnation. And then he just wants a body that wants to save and care about all the other lost. You're like, man, dude, those guys, they're so rotten. Yeah, they are, and so was I. But God, he knows those who are his. And everybody gets a choice, but it's our job to simply present the truth of the gospel and let their heart and God work it out. And you can sow seeds for a long time, and one day it's going to click. You know how it clicked for you. I was 22, and it clicked for me. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. Can you hear this? Now go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We honor the spirit of holiness, and we honor conviction and next time you feel convicted about something, I want you to thank God that you feel convicted. I want you to thank God that you're kind of feeling, oh man, I missed it a little bit here. I want you to thank God that you can feel it because there's a day coming when there will be no repentance. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse one, I'm gonna read out of the New American Standard. 95, it says, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10, New American Standard 95, verse 1, says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Our gospel did not come to you, church in Thessalonica, in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord is sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith towards God has gone forth. So that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and a true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Wow. I told you guys before, don't skip the Fords. Don't skip the introductions to these letters, right? They couldn't call them up on the cell phone. They wrote letters and they got it to the peoples. You understand? These are treasured, priceless, beautiful testimonies. You could hear their heart rejoicing in the church in this region. People like us. The apostles of the faith that were sent to them, here Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, who have reached out, preached, taught, labored, equipped, healed, worked with them. They are glorifying God for what has been done through them. They acknowledge their work of faith, their labor of love, their steadfastness, yes. They are honoring and honoring God for this. They say God has chosen you. They recognize that the gospel didn't come in word only, but in power. It didn't come in anything but in the Holy Spirit. Every time you bring the gospel, Holy Spirit is there. Yes? Word, power, Holy Spirit, and full conviction. Full conviction. Like they are born again to the bone is what I call it. Right? Woo! Like, man. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. I am Christ. I belong to him. I'm not going back. I'm all in. And they were being persecuted for their faith. Yes, through many tribulations, they had great joy of Holy Spirit to stand fast in the light, to stand fast in the hope of the gospel. And he says that verse 9, 
they themselves report about us, what kind of reception we had with you, how you turn to God from idols. You turn, you're like, well, I didn't worship a God, an idol. Yeah, you did. We all did. It's just a different thing. It may not look like a little statue with a moth on it. I don't know. But I'm just saying, we have all worshiped idols, correct? Ways that are of the world. But God said, you turned from those dead idols to serve a living and true God. They turned from false gods, yes? And it says in 10, to wait for his son from heaven. To wait for his son from heaven. To wait for his son from heaven. Because somebody's coming back right? To wait for his son from heaven. This is our hope, our blessed hope. Whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. You have to hear it. And again, we acknowledged earlier, she's saying that verse, I'm not just quoting the song where it's like, la, 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 la. I don't hear anything. It's not going to happen. Oh, the word says it shall. Better to be in Christ, right? Repent while there's time. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. You hear the spirit of holiness laboring within his church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 through 11. I'm going to read in the New Living, Matt. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. He continues and he says, Now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. <laughs> Verse 4, but you, beloved... You aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, for you are all children of light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night, right? So he says, be on your guard, not asleep like the others, because those who are not saved yet are just sleeping. You understand? That's why he says that. They're not just all taking a nap. Be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert. Be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. There you go. So he says, so encourage each other, build each other up just as you're already doing. He just continues on in this love letter, exhorting them in all these areas. He says, I don't want you to be in ignorant. I don't you want to be in the darkness. I need you to know, wait upon the Lord. He is coming. It is true. Be ready. Live every day unto the Lord. We don't know what today holds, yes? But every day is a day of worship in the spirit of holiness to God, being ready to give witness to everything he's given you, right? And he acknowledges over and over again that we're not appointed to that wrath, that we are children of light. As children of light, you don't have to walk up to someone and give them your, I'm a light card, right? You don't. If you open the book and you see in the spirit realm, 
When you walk up in the spirit and you are born again, you are of another kingdom. The light of the Lord is upon us. And in the spirit realm, those who are not saved are still in darkness and they see the light. The spirits, the demons, the one that has them sees the light. All you do is walk into the room and King Jesus who lives in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, manifests wherever you go. 24-7. While you sleep, while you walk along the way, in the spirit realm, God, open my eyes, let me see it. And sometimes you can walk up and some people just kind of sneer at you and you didn't do nothing wrong. Guess who's sneering? I mean, you know, you get the look. You get those beady little dark eyes every now and then. You just glean into your soul like, I hate you. <laughs> and you just shine like the sun. I can walk down the aisle in Walmart and children of darkness walk this way, and I walk that way. And in the spirit realm, light and darkness pass. It's very evident. If you be in Christ Jesus, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world because he is the light of the world. These are Jesus' words. You're a city set on a hill. The light of the world. The light is greater. And he is just shouting and bellowing from heaven, let there be light. I let that out last week. That was a decree. Because light overtakes the darkness. And we are children of that light. And he's just exhorting these people of God to continue to stand fast in the light. Don't be deceived by the darkness. This morning, as the tongue interpretation came in the tongue, he says storm clouds are on the horizon. They're billowing in, but grace, great grace will abound. My scripture says that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more because it's a season of grace still. Thank you, Jesus. That means there's opportunity to feel conviction and for people to turn out of darkness and come to light. No matter what comes, the light in us is greater than the darkness of the world. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but you will never be shaken because you're in Christ Jesus, rooted and grounded in him. And our mind has to be changed to, oh, okay, I get this. <laughs> I'm not appointed to wrath here. I've got light in me, and this is the day and the hour for me to shine like the sun. That's the glory of God. That's the glory of God. Go to Jude. Jude is one chapter. Powerful chapter, but I'm going to start on verse 17. And I'm going to read out of the New Living. The little subtitle in my Bible says, Defense Against False Teachers. And in the New Living, Call to Remain Faithful. Verse 17, he says, But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times that there would be scoffers, whose purpose in life is just to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. This is in the church. This is not in the world. Right? They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. Verse 20, but you, dear friends, here he goes, you must build each other up on your most holy faith and 
Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's praying in tongues. That's praying in the Spirit at all times. And the Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit at all times, it makes an edifice, a house of faith. Your spirit man is built up as you pray in the Spirit daily. Tongues, spiritual tongues. If you don't know what that is, we'll teach you, we'll help you. But through the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is a spiritual language that is perfect where the Holy Ghost and you are communing with God perfectly. Period. Yes? There are gifts of tongues that require interpretations of tongues. Yes? But the Spirit of God will always edify you in what God is saying to you. This is in your Bible. (laughs) Amen? Dear friends, build each other up with your most holy faith. We need that daily, don't we? Pray in the power and the anointing of Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Longing, looking for that day. There were those that longed for and prayed forever for the Messiah to come. Then the Messiah come and some believed and some didn't. And then still continuing on, still waiting for the Messiah to come again. But he's like, here I am right in the middle of you right? Here I am in your midst. I've given you my Holy Spirit. You are not alone. This is the conviction of God to know and believe these things. You must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Verse 22, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution This is it, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. That's the spirit of holiness that we talked about earlier, right? Show mercy on those whose faith is wavering. Build each other up in the faith. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. God gave me a dream years ago And in that dream, fast story of that was, is that I saw an individual who was literally in fire and a hand came down over them and picked them up by the hair and literally snatched them out of the flames of hell. And he's like, Jude, right? That's what it looks like. That's what happened to us. They're like, well, nobody pulled me by the hair. (laughs) It's what it looks like. If your little ones are playing too close to the fire on a camp out, what's mama going to do? Mama's going to be there fast. Yes, mamas have lightning speed, don't we? Don't we? We do. Daddies can do this too, but mommies are better. And so they're reaching up to that stove and there's a gas flame, right? They're reaching up for that and mommies are there. Where your father in heaven looks that to the lost. They're that close to the flame. And they're like, and it's like, and he's going to use the believers to snatch them out. Because Jesus already did the work. Jesus already did it. He made the way for that. These are real words. It's not just poetic language. This is real. And by golly, I'm telling you out of a testimony I've got, that individual got snatched out of hell literally. Literally. It's not a joke, right? And so verse 24, he says, now all glory to God. (laughs) What's up with the Bible? They're always giving glory to God, right? Because the Holy Spirit is writing through the people. 
to give God glory in all things. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away. Hallelujah. And will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Wow. I'll read it again. All glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Say the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, right? All glory to him who alone is God and Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Read the forwards and the conclusions of these letters. See the praise. See the honor. See the majesty. And as the Holy Ghost is talking about conviction, join with me and praying for conviction. Praying for conviction, not just for you and your household, but those who still need it. (laughs) And the nations, I spoke last week, the whole heart of everything is that Jesus, God, will be made known in the eyes of many nations. He will be made known that he alone is the Lord. Okay, that's the whole goal. The nations will know that he is the Lord. And that is in the full spirit of conviction. Amen? So let's stand up. Let's receive what he's speaking to us today to encourage us. If you've missed these last messages, you can go on our website, look at the YouTube, it's there. But take heed. Take heed. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for the grace that was given to us to believe. We thank you for the conviction of right and wrong. We thank you for the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll come in full conviction and you will pour out your spirit, Lord God, on our lands and wherever the believers are and wherever they have their feet, that the full Holy Spirit conviction will fall like rain upon the peoples and that they will fall to the ground in full conviction that I must be born again that they must know the truth, that you will snatch people out of hell left and right, yea, even our enemies, and that they would know that Jesus is king. And Lord, anoint us with a fresh oil today. Empower us through your words, Lord. Strengthen us. Make up for our weaknesses, Lord, by your great grace. We hide ourselves under the shadow of your wings today. We love you, and we thank you for exhortation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right, be blessed. And if you need prayer, we will pray for you up here. If you've got a word for someone, please go give it to them. And we'll see you tonight. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.